What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. And it is the final edition of the show for the 2022 calendar year. Golf takes its annual kind of six week ish winter break after this week. So uh, by the time January rolls around, it'll feel like it's been about five months, even though it's only been about six weeks. But our last chance to make some big money here in the 2022 calendar year, at least from a golf perspective. So we'll break down the RSM Classic here for you this week. A pretty fun tournament to close out the schedule for the year, and hopefully we can make it a profitable one for everybody. I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. I've got my usual co-host, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, alongside me. Noto, what's going on? Yeah, not much. Uh, fun week of golf. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood and Tony Finau, two guys I've been betting on for years, uh, end up winning. So nice to see uh, both of them get back in the winner's circle. I mean, Finau has just been on a tear. I think he's won three of his last seven starts or something. And uh, Tommy hadn't won for a few years, so it's good to see him uh, get the W as well. Yeah, really cool to see uh, some guys that we've backed for a long time getting the job done last week. And, of course, after getting that win, uh, Finau has withdrawn this week. So uh, the field for this week's tournament gets a little bit weaker. Obviously, make sure you don't put him in any lineups. He was in the original field list. Uh, so make sure you're not rostering Finau in any of your contests this week. But nice to see him get a W. Uh, and it was a pretty good week for a lot of the guys we talked about on the show. Uh, you just see a lot of guys uh, towards the top of the leaderboard that, uh, you know, we maybe mentioned. It's not like there was a ton of chalk outside of Finau at the top. But we always usually mention Smalley, Aaron Rye, uh, your boy Jaeger with a ninth place finish. Another solid week for him. Uh, Keith Mitchell inside the top ten. Uh, Callum Taron, we talked about as a potential punt, ended up 26. So uh, it's a pretty solid week overall, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of uh, big guys ended up WD and just because of the the weather. And then you had Mark Hubbard. I don't know if you saw that. He uh, snuck an extra driver into his bag and uh, decided to do some testing. He w- he thought he was only going to get a two-stroke penalty every hole, and he was fine with it. Um, I mean, he was way yeah. outside the cut line. So, but uh, I guess if you knowingly are doing it, then you get disqualified. So that was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, a, lot, a good week for a lot of the guys we talked about. Um, I didn't prioritize Finau, so uh, that ended up hurting. But uh, you know, Scheffler played pretty well and uh, ended up having a really good showdown slate again. So good week for me, hoping to keep it going. Um, did you have anything cooking last week? Yeah, not enough Finau at the top for me either, so didn't uh, didn't hit anything major, but uh, it wasn't a bad week, so you take those break-even weeks when you can get them. Uh, it uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt the bankroll too much, and uh, just didn't have the right combinations that were put together last week. But uh, if you're going after the guys who had kind of the hot Sunday rounds, uh, Thigala had the round of the day in that final round with a six-under par round. Uh, which moved him all the way from towards the bottom to tied 22nd. Uh, on the other end of that spectrum, Noto's uh, putting wizard Luke List uh, with a seven over round on Sunday, which took him, he was kind of in the top 20, took him down near the bottom. Um, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, real big chalk uh, that, that missed the cut last week, unless there's some guys that I'm missing here as I'm scrolling through. Uh, Sam Burns was pretty big. Where did he? 
And Dean Dean Burmy's third. Who oh, was like yeah, he was definitely 30%. one. He was way down at the bottom. So, oh, Burns ended up withdrawing. That's right. Um, so Burns withdrew. Yeah, Burmeester was eight over. I saw he wasn't as highly owned as we thought he would be too. So, uh, yeah, that was a a problem for people who rostered him. Of course, Hubbard with the DQ. Uh, Brennan Steele was a guy that I kind of burned me last week, but. Uh, not a whole lot of massive chalk otherwise that uh, that missed the cut. Uh, and, but it, and so if you didn't have Finau really at the top, since he kind of coasted to victory there, and nobody else really inside the top seven uh, was was any sort of popular. So you pretty much had to have Finau uh, and the right combination around him in order to, uh, to take it down last week. But uh, any other takeaways from that event for you? No, it's funny. It happened like five days ago, and I don't remember any of it. It's such a busy time of year. I just it's hard to remember five days ago. So yeah, yeah no major takeaways. Um, good to see Fina win again. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and move on to this week. Uh, we got the same sort of setup that we usually have to close out the season, but the first event that we've had in a while that features two courses. So in order to get a full field through. Uh, you know, 156 golfer field through without running out of daylight. These days when it gets dark at four o'clock, you kind of have to utilize a second course those first two days. We'll see this in the first part of the new year as well. As we go into January and February, you'll see a couple events that feature multiple courses to try to help get everybody through during the daylight hours. So each golfer will play one round on the host course and then one round on another secondary course prior to the cut. And then after they cut the field down in half uh, or to 65 and ties after Friday, everybody will play on the main course. So why don't you tell the people what we got this week? Yeah, so the two courses you were talking about, the Seaside course and the Plantation course, the Seaside is going to be played for three of the rounds. Par 70, the measure is just 7,000 yards. Um, the main defense is going to be the wind, and it doesn't look like it's going to be too windy this week. So we should expect some low scores. Then the plantation course is a par 72, um, two extra par five. So you're going to see a little bit more birdies, I think, on that course. If you are playing uh, showdown, uh, I don't think there's going to be a big discrepancy, but the addition of the two par fives might make that one a little bit more appealing for for showdown. And then, yeah, it's just one of those courses where off the tee just doesn't matter all that much. You want to be in play rather than having a bunch of distance off the tee. You're going to see a lot of guys club down on a lot of the holes. The greens are really easy to hit, which means we're going to see, you know, you got to make a lot of putts this week. And we've seen that over the last five years. The winner's been at least 19 under par um, every single time. You're going to have a lot of wedges, a lot of short irons, and uh, got to run hot on these greens. Yeah, definitely not a bad week. And you look at some of the guys that have had success here, guys like uh, Kevin Kisner, uh, Matt Kuchar, uh, Webb Simpson, you know, guys that are those kind of plotter types. Um, that, that tend to have success on this course. So that shows you really that you don't need to emphasize the distance angle this week for sure as you build your lineups. Um, and, and, you know, another factor is that the pricing is a little bit loose. Uh, obviously, we don't have Fino at the top. We've only got a couple of guys above 10K this week and really not a whole lot of win equity, you know, on any small number of players. Like, to me... The optimal build this week just screams balanced in DFS and shoot for guys in that 30, 40 to 50 to 1 range if you're trying to find some outright bets uh, because this feels like one of the more wide open weeks that we've had here 
during the fall swing. So I think it's going to lead to a more balanced approach, at least for me, as I try to build my lineups in general this week. Yeah, and I love that 30 to 50 range that you mentioned. Um, I was looking at the past winners here, and a lot of them fell in that 30 to 50 range. So I definitely don't mind the balanced approach, although there is one guy at 6,300, which uh, we got to mention. There's a, a big mispricing there from DraftKings. And and uh, the final note, you're going to hear a lot of Sea Island Mafia talk this week. Basically, 20 to 25 golfers are living on the island, train here. So it's going to be a home game for a lot of these guys. Can you really call it a misprice when he shot about plus 20 last week? Or Yeah, I mean, so he was like two shots off the cut with like eight holes to go, and then he just mailed it in. But he's 70 to 1 to win. And, I mean, if you look at anyone else in that range, it's like 7,500. Yeah, so uh, most of you are probably going to know what we're talking about. If you don't, you're going to have to fast forward if you're watching us on playback, if that's all you want to know. We'll keep it secret until we get down to the bottom range. Uh, that is called a tease. So uh, we'll see uh, what we can get to between now and then. Uh, but let's start at, uh, I guess, what is there for a top range this week, which consists of only two guys above 10K, and that is Seamus Power and Brian Harmon. And if you would have told me a few weeks ago that Brian Harmon would be $10,300 and 33% owned, perhaps the highest owned golfer in the field, and he would have, you know, all the tags in lineup HQ and all these high ratings from Noto's model. Uh, I would have told you that, you know, Noto was drinking the Brian Harmon Kool-Aid again. So, uh, but really not a whole lot at the top without Finau there now. And all that ownership's got to go somewhere. Uh, so, I mean, Harmon, I guess. Is Harmon the best play in the field? Yeah, I mean, he's underpriced. He's underowned. I mean, he should be 75% owned and 12K in this field. Um no, uh, you know, Harry Brandt in the chat say Brian Harmon chalk, what could go wrong? Nothing can go wrong. I mean, this guy's just been on a tear. The irons have been really good. He hits fairways. He's from Georgia. I think he's one of the Seattle Mafia. I don't know. There's so many, it's hard to They all track. are. Everybody, It's if they're not, it's noteworthy. Yeah, so, and uh, he's got a lot of high finishes here as well. Um, I, I like Harmon quite a bit. Uh, he was actually right now pretty similarly to Tony Finau, which I thought was pretty surprising when he was in the model. Now that Finau's not in the model, he's got like nine percentage points higher than anyone else uh, in terms of my model. So, yeah, I like Harmon. I'm fine with or without Seamus, but uh, definitely prefer Harmon. Yeah, I think, you know, just in terms of safety, Harmon clearly the guy uh, when he went through that tough stretch uh, last kind of summer was uh, the irons were just off. I mean, Noto was watching every week. Uh, he was losing, you know, X amount of strokes on approach or whatever most of those weeks. He's clearly got that uh, figured out again, and it is showing in his results. So I'm in agreement, even though I gave him a hard time there. Uh, I think if you're spending at the top, Harmon is certainly the guy you got to start with. So, uh, and again, not a lot of choices there, but part of that is why in GPPs I really like the balance build because the top six guys. Uh, in the pricing scale, we're all looking at 20% plus on, you know, Power and Harmon and Hoagie and Montgomery and Day. And look, I, I mean, Day and Montgomery and Harmon and these guys have all been playing real well, but they're not can't miss guys, um, especially when they're priced near the top. So if you want to fade that top tier and start in, you know, right around 9K or something like that. I totally think that's the way to go with some tournament builds this week. Cash games, I'd probably start with Harmon. Um, you know, it's just mainly an ownership 
leverage thing in GPPs more than anything uh, because I don't think there's a ton of difference between the 9Ks and the 10Ks this week, What what's there of the 10Ks. So uh, Hoagie Montgomery, who has at least cooled somewhat after that red-hot putter for a month or so. Uh, Jason Day, who Noto called it, just keeps on trucking along. So Noto has uh, really kind of called that uh, wagon at the right time. I missed the boat, so uh, tough for me to hop aboard. There's still time. There's still time. There's still time. I don't know. The boat's pretty full. It's going to capsize at some point at 26% ownership. Um, we've got Mitchell, Damon, Denny McCarthy, and Neesmith as our 9 to 9.8K golfers this week. Uh, who do you like in there? Yeah, I do like Jason Day quite a bit. Uh, just look at his approach numbers, plus 5.4, plus 4.1, plus 3.1. And he's been playing – you know, he's played four times since the start of October. Right? He's been a guy that's only been able to play, you know, once every month the last couple of years because of his back. And he says he's healthy. He's striking the ball well. So I do like Jason Day quite a bit. Um, the two that I worry about in this range are Tom Hoagie and Joel Damon just because they don't putt as well as the rest of them. Um, they definitely are really good ball strikers, really good iron players. But I'll take my chances with the good putters. I like Mitchell, um, who's another Sea Island guy. I like Denny McCarthy and uh, Taylor Montgomery. Certainly don't mind going back there, although he's the only one pretty much above like 8K that doesn't have course history. So if you do like course history, then yeah, he's the only one above 7,500 that doesn't, that's never played this event before. That's interesting. I mean, obviously you can't fault him for being a rookie, but that's, you know, it's pretty telling that that's a, you know, yeah. All the guys that high, like the guys who are in the area, they play this event every year, and so they're going to have that history with playing it. And it, it surprises me that he's the only guy uh, out of that uh, whole range that has never played here yeah. before. But I mean, he's been tearing up courses that, you know, he's been tearing up courses he hadn't played before so far. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might be a little different, though. I mean, playing, you know, a different course each day, I don't know. Uh, I do like him. He's one of the better putters in the field, but I like Dave Mitchell McCarthy, probably my three favorites. Yeah, I like Mitchell quite a bit as well. Obviously, it's a little bit of a worry on a course that kind of takes the driver out of your hand a little bit, uh, given that most of his success has come off the tee. Uh, but he's another local guy. He's played here plenty of times, has some pretty good results, and he's been playing just solid golf for the better part of you know five or six months now. So uh, I am on board with uh, with Keith Mitchell uh, for the upside uh, at that uh, at that price this week. So again, it's all relative in terms of the field strength. It is a little bit nerve nerve wracking to see him at 9,300, but uh, I do like him on on the type of course. This is the type of course that he says he likes playing, even though it might be a little bit kind of a less than driver course. So uh, I'll side with his results and his confidence. He's always pretty streaky, and uh, and he's rolling pretty good right now. So. I like Mitchell at 9,300 with you on kind of being a little bit lower on Hoagie and Damon. Um, you know, McCarthy is going to come down to if he, if he puts well, as he certainly can do, uh, he can always outperform that price tag. So anything else on the nine K and up range for you? Do you have a take on Neesmith? I mean, he had three straight top tens before last week and he's, I think he's finished top 30 in this event, three straight years, but the Bermuda putting has been really bad. So do you have a take there? Yeah, I mean, it come down to ownership for me. If he stays above, like, I, I'd probably play McCarthy instead uh, if McCarthy stays lower owned. But I don't know. It just seems like 
Uh, a lot of people have been on Neesmith lately. Uh, if that ownership trends down, I, I kind of like it. But if he's going to be fairly popular, I think I'll pass. I go with Mitchell and, and McCarthy over him, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I threw him in my uh, made cut parlay, but that's about it. And you don't need Neesmith at 9K when you have Mr. Kucher at 8,900. He's got the core tag this week. Uh, did you ever think you'd be tagging Matt Kucher again at 8,900? Uh, I think I tagged him like two weeks ago when Holy he was Holy smokes, it's Kucher mania. I <laughs> know. Uh, he, he was fine that week, finished T27. So for me, uh, he at least had a house here. I, I, I Googled it and he said he was for sale in 2020. So he might not live here anymore, but used to be a Seattle guy. And if you look at his numbers recently, gained 4.8 strokes ball striking at the Fortinet and gained 5.3 strokes ball striking the CJ Cup. So this is a guy that's been relying on his short game for so long. Um, I'm really encouraged by the recent ball striking and good course history, good course fit. And low ownership, so I'll definitely take my chances with Kucher. Yeah, it seems like uh, a lot of people just kind of have that bias against him now. Um, whether it's just a you know washed up thing, or uh, didn't pay his caddy in Mexico the one year enough money, uh, who knows what it is. But uh, I don't mind it. I, I haven't played him in the longest time, uh, but uh, this week maybe this is a week. Uh, that uh, that we see, you know, Kucher kind of keep that form rolling and at low ownership. You know, maybe he can sneak back into a top five and, and be in the mix again. So uh, we'll see. I, I, he'll probably end up making my pool this week for sure just because of the course fit. Um, you know, the, he certainly has the fit more so than some of the other guys right around him uh, until you get to, you know, Simpson and Kisner, who, who are two of the best. Uh, but really terrible form. So if you're picking between Kucher, Simpson, Kisner, uh, I think I probably rank him in that order. Uh, even though you know I've tried to play Kisner on a Kisner course a couple times over the past year and it hasn't worked. Uh, I think maybe it's just not a thing anymore. So I'm out on double-digit owned Kisner. If that burns me, so be it. But uh, I just can't play Kisner right now. So uh, your thoughts on kind of the other middle part of this 8K range? Yeah, I'll play some Kisner. Usually on these courses, he's uh, you know a little overpriced and a little overowned, and I mean he's like fifty to one right now. So I like the value that you're getting on Those him. Those are he's bad been... odds too. Don't bet that either. Oh, I bet that. Oh, um, come on. He's won here. So the last two wins he's had have come off of really terrible results. His his previous two events. So I'm I'm okay with the bad form. Um, look, there's five or six events he circles every year that he thinks he's gonna win, and uh, this is one of them. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Hines in the chat says Justin Rose is old. That is correct. So um, that's it's certainly but, but it's old guy week. Good course for him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, parlay the old guys. So you I play like, Rose, like Rose, Kisner, Kucher, Webb. I don't know about Webb. I I just haven't seen anything from him in a long time. But uh, he has. Yeah, similar, but Kisner, you haven't yeah, either. That's what I was gonna say. Similar course history to Kisner. <laughs> I'm off of both of them, but I play yeah, that's, Rose. That's a smart so. route. <laughs> Pendrith. I don't know. Yeah, you've hit day. Yeah, you got you got one up on me with day. So you're on house money right now. To be fair, I've been saying day for years. I'll be right eventually <laughs> on him. Um, yeah, Pend- follower <laughs> strategy, the Ricky follower strategy. Pendrith, the non-driver course that worries me. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is the Sea Island guy. He's been playing well. I do like Brendan Todd, fairways and make putts. I mean, that's perfect recipe for me. So I like him at the bottom of the range. Yeah, pretty much in agreement there outside of uh, not being on Kisner. But 
Uh, and Riley, too, you know, I went back to that well. I can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago. Uh, they, they merged together this time of year. But Riley at 18% owned. I'm out on that. Um, I do like Rogers, another guy, kind of like Mitchell, who, you know, take the driver out of their hands. But he's been playing really good golf. Um, he does have a second-place finish here, though his form is a little bit more up and down. But uh, has a second-place finish here. I don't mind Rogers at 8,700, one of my favorite kind of GPP plays in that uh, that middle range. So give me Rogers, Rose, uh, maybe, you know, sprinkle in Degala, Kucher. Uh, it's my takes on the 8Ks, and I like your call on, on Brendan Todd there. I think that makes sense. Another one of those guys that on these type of courses you tend to see him rise up a bit. So any other thoughts on this range for you? Oh, man, it pains me that Rodgers has been playing so well because I haven't had any exposure to him. I just – we don't have his stats from the Zozo, the Bermuda, the Mayakoba. I mean, he gained a bunch you know, of strokes total, but we just don't know where they came from. So that's what I – if the irons are clicking, he did have uh, 2.7 strokes on approach last week, but prior to that he had lost in five straight. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep fading him so he'll keep playing well. I'll, I'll do it for you, Patrick. Uh, team player there is uh, Noto for sure. All right, let's go ahead and move down into the 7K range where, I mean, that balanced approach, uh, you just you got a whole lot of guys in here that I think are viable um, from 7,900 to 7,500. My boy Will Gordon, who still hasn't finished below 45th during the fall swing, and he's played basically every week. I have been on Will Gordon every week during the fall, and that's it. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we're going to tag up Will Gordon again this week at 7,700. I don't care what course it is. Until he burns me once, uh, we're going to ride the Will Gordon train, and and it hasn't broken down yet. So uh, Will Gordon, Aaron Rye coming off a strong finish, Alex Smalley coming off a strong finish. Um, Lots of interesting plays in the upper part of this 7K range. Who do you like in here? I'm with you on Gordon. Uh, another feather in his cap is that he is another Sea Island guy. So this is where he trains. And when he was a rookie, he finished 10th here. Um, it was one of his best finishes in his young career. So he's got to have some uh, good feelings about this event, this course. And then uh, I'm always with you on Smalley. We seem to play him every week. Seems to you know perform pretty well. I don't have a strong. Yeah, he's, on... turn... he's he's coming on pretty strong. So good to yeah. see. Putnam, it just feels like he's over owned. I don't. I don't know. I don't have a strong take on that one. It is a good course fit for him. He's been in good form, but yeah, I don't know. I'll take a chance with like Harris English or, or Chris Kirk, who both, both Sea Island guys. What's Kirk done his last few starts? It hasn't been much great. Him What's that? It hasn't been great. No, I know that, I, but I mean, it just seems like, I don't know. He was really popular there for a while. And then he's kind of been in that same five, six, seven, percent owned range most weeks so let's see uh 64 52nd missed cut 30th 43rd on the fall swing so really nothing special but he has still been making cuts uh i don't mind him at single digit ownership we gotta see if honda i gotta see if honda's got uh all right honda's got a smallie and rye tag no surprise there those guys we already talked about uh he's got a couple 6k specials so we'll see i forget who was the 6k special last week uh, it was Duncan two weeks ago, and then oh Lingmurth. I don't know what happened though. Uh, we got to we got to search that up. We got to see what his uh, we got to see what Honda's right. record is here. I'm on. I'm on it. I got it. I got I had the leaderboard up here, and then I closed it. So let's see Lingmurth. 
Uh, I missed the cut by three shots. All right, this one strike. One strike in the value play of the week. Let's get through the rest of the 7K range here. Uh, Buckley has been popular the last few weeks. Um, let's see. Your boy Jaeger only at 7%. What is this criminal low ownership on Jaeger after a top 10? What's he got to do? I suppose we like that uh, 7% ownership on Jaeger. I can guarantee you Noto is going to go back to that well this week. Yeah, I mean, I said I had a Jaeger problem last week, and uh, reading the Discord, you know, they all have Jaeger problems too. So we might have to go to AA together um, if he ends up having a bad week. But yeah, it's hard not to like him. Most of his strokes that he's been gaining lately have been on the green and around the green, which is a little worrisome. But we know he can get hot with the irons. He's one of the highest birdie or better rate guys in the field. So uh, all we need is a made cut, and he's probably going to outscore his finishing position. And he's got tons of upside. Yeah, never, uh, never a problem with him. I've kind of come on board the ship there, and with that ownership still being pretty low, uh, I don't mind him at seventy three hundred. Uh, anybody else you kind of like in that lower seven k ish tier? The model likes Taylor Moore a lot. He finished eighth here last year at seventy four hundred. Um, I also like Adam Svensson. Doesn't look like he's going to be very popular, which is surprising to me. One of the better iron players in the field, and he's made fifteen of his last seventeen cuts. The one cut he missed during the fall swing season was right on the number. So he's a guy that's just been incredibly high floor. You're not going to get that with a lot of these uh, guys like Champ, Goddard, Brandon Wu, which is very hit or miss. And I think you're getting a lot of safety with Spencer. Uh, another guy that I have uh, been on quite a bit. And uh, you're getting, you know, 3% ownership on almost everybody else until you get down to 7K. Uh, ben Taylor's been playing okay at 7,000. Looks like he grades out fairly well in the projections. Uh, ben Griffin, another guy that we've seen some decent results from. Taylor Moore, uh, David Lipsky grades out fairly well in projections. So all these guys I think you can mix and match in your GPP builds for sure. Um, though, you know, you don't necessarily need to go to any of them in a single entry type of format unless you feel really comfortable with it. But Jaeger uh, is definitely going to be the guy that grades out as, say, the safest play based on current form in that range. Uh, anything else kind of right around 7,000 there that uh, that we've missed? Ben Taylor played really well last week. Uh, rates out pretty well for me. I don't have a strong take. I'm not sure what he does great exactly, but he's been playing pretty well in the fall swing season. Yeah, I don't mind him at that price either. Um, all right, as we head down into the 6Ks, there's a lot of golfers in the 6K range. So this is a tournament... Uh, that is the first one, I think, the first one we've had during the fall swing that has been a full 156 golfer field. So you've got a lot of golfers in the 6Ks. Um, we talked about, and, and I think Noto brought it up first, but last week we talked about Callum Terran being a guy that we were all on during the summer. Not everybody, I guess, but a lot of more people were on. He was constantly, you know, 10, 12, 15% owned as a value play. Then all of a sudden, after a couple bad events, nobody wanted to play him last week. Um, and he ended up, you know, finishing around 25th or so, I think. Um, so he's still 6,900. He's still 4% owned. Uh, clearly, you know, the one of the better point per dollar plays in the 6K range, other than the obvious misprice at the bottom. But uh, looks like he grades out pretty well in Noto's projections, too. Uh, for kind of safety of a made cut. So Callum Terran at 6,900, I do like. Um, Honda's will plays of the week are Austin Cook, 
and Zach Johnson. So uh, Zach Johnson kind of fits that plotter, uh, Sea Island narrative. Um, so I can I can see where he's coming from with that. Cook is a little out of left field, but uh, that'll be that's that'll be the one we have to score this week uh, to see if he can get back <laughs> above 500. But um, anything you like in the upper part of the 6K range? Not a lot. So the guy that rates out the best of all the 6Ks is that 6,300 golfer that we'll get to here in a minute. I don't mind Ryan Armour, similar plotter type, fairways, greens, good putter, and he uh, back-to-back top 30s. So don't mind him at 6,800. But after that, I mean, Dean Burmeister <laughs> burned everybody last week. His biggest weapon's the driver, so those are two things, you know, going against him. But he's got a plus-minus of 84 in my model, so that takes account into account my rating versus the salary rank. And I've never seen anybody that have a plus 84. That's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know, 70 to 1 in the outright market. He plays well on easy courses. I have a hard time not going back to him. So... Right now we've got his ownership at 10.6. I would wager that's going to end up higher than that, wouldn't you think? Well, I don't know. Or is it because you don't like, need to go here? Yeah, there's not a lot of – you don't yeah. need to spend up on a lot of guys this week. So I, I think 10% is probably right. I don't know, though. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have snapped taken the over on that at first, but, I mean, especially if you had, like, Fino still in there, I guess, that will impact it. Um, but you can very easily round out your lineup with the 7K guys. But then again, you know, when you're down here, there's not a whole lot else. I mean, there's a whole lot of red in lineup HQ as you scroll through this bottom. Oh, I don't know. what. How many golfers do we have between 6,600 and 6K? About half the field. You got about 80 guys in here that are just a whole bunch of red. And then you got one guy that's got you know seventy three percent odds to make the cut, uh, based on based on our models. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he comes. I still take the over on ten, uh, but not like absurdly over as I originally would have thought. Maybe it's closer to fifteen or sixteen. We'll be really interested to see where his ownership projection heads kind of over the next oh thirty six hours or so between the time we tape this and the time. Uh, the tournament locks so uh, keep an eye on the weather forecast down here as well a lot of times it does play a lot more difficult if the wind kicks up uh, sometimes you can see an advantage though with the multiple courses in play i don't believe they use tea time waves i think everybody just yeah goes it's off. like a two and a half hour difference yeah two and a half hour difference between the first golfer and the last golfer so there's not a specific am pm split uh, so that negates maybe the advantage of uh, targeting guys, you know, starting early in the day versus later in the day. But, um, you know, who knows? Still might be a little bit of an edge to guys going off first one particular day. Uh, so you just got to keep an eye on it. The chat is active tonight. All right. Well, anything? I got to get it. I'm, I'm behind the eight ball here. I can have it open. Who's Trevor Cohn? Why are we locking him? See, old man? Trevor Cohn. See, I, there's so many guys at the bottom. I don't know who that is. Uh, so I'm guessing. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I would have guessed old man, but. Oh, Harry B., that guy that uh, shot the 83 a couple weeks ago in Bermuda. What was his name? Well, that was. Oh, 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 o
But Trevor Cohen must be uh, one of the rookies. He's 30, so yeah, not an old guy. One, just one of the recent Web or Corn Ferry Tour grads. But two missed cuts and a 45th on the uh, fall swing. So, no, maybe we just got a maybe we got a family. Maybe that's Trevor Cohn in the chat. Maybe he's trying to tell us he's getting in the getting in the swing this year. He's from North Carolina, so he's from down that way. 428th in the official world golf ranking. Soon to pass everyone on the live tour. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, we catch up everything else in the chat. Yeah, just the old man narrative is going strong. You can get that. Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar, Kevin Kisner, Jason Day, all the vets. Get them in your lineup this week. And then uh, Brian Harmon. Print and Brian Print the money. At, uh, at the end of the week. So, all right. Well, as tough as it is to do, that is the year for the show. So the only things we have in December are little exhibition things. Although Tiger is teeing it up at his Hero World Challenge. So three times. We get no, to see Tiger three times in December. Noto is really excited about that. Is he Man. just play, he's just going to play exhibitions now? That's just going to be the rest of his career? I mean, I don't know. The match is one thing, but, I mean, he plays the one with his kid, the the father-son thing, and then the hero. He always plays that. So uh, if he can play three times, even with a cart in a month, I think we can play maybe five times next year. Uh, Tiger is going to be back for Torrey Pines. That'll be the first one, I think, probably. You know I recommend making the cut at the majors. <laughs> you play the majors and Torrey Pines. He only needs two rounds, then he can withdraw. That's right. That's right. Um, there you go. All right. Well, with that, uh, we hope you all have a great holiday season. Uh, it's a good time of year for a little break. There's a lot going on with football and basketball and hockey and uh, just a lot this time of year. So a good time to rest, recharge, take a little breather from the golf DFS. And then by the time January rolls around, uh, we'll be back to the usual schedule that we have uh, for the first of the year, starting it out with the uh, Tournament of Champions in January. We usually don't do a show for that one since it's a pretty small field. Uh, but after the Tournament of Champions, you got the usual, the Sony Open, the American Express, Torrey Pines, Pebble Beach, uh, Waste Management, Phoenix Open, the usual schedule that we get uh, to start rolling into a new year of golf. So should be a lot of fun. This year was uh, definitely chaotic in the golf scene with the uh, Live Tour drama and kind of everything that has gone on with that. But uh, we will see where next year takes us for, um, from a uh, PGA Tour perspective. So, as always, thanks for checking us out. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out over at rotogrinders.com. Tons of great content over there for all the other sports. Uh, scoresandodds.com for all your sports betting needs, uh, and we'll keep you covered. So we will be back in January uh, with the Driver Show DFS for Doe for a new year. Until then, enjoy the holidays, everyone. Noto, anything else from you before we head out of here? No, I'll miss you guys. Uh, I, man, next week I'm going to be itching for some golf sweats. I already know it. No, I'm looking forward to the break, but it's going to get old real fast. So. Usually it takes me in like two or three weeks before I start to uh, want it back. But uh, I'll wake up next Thursday morning, check my phone, and be like, oh, man. What, do what I, am I, I going to do? Get back to sleep. <laughs> Play some League of Legends or something. I don't know. There you go. All right. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin. Thanks to Devin for producing behind the scenes as well. Always appreciate him working late on a Tuesday night to help get this show out for you guys. And uh, we'll see you back here in January, everybody. Take care. Good luck and happy holidays.